0: The new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfittest. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works.
1: Show me the money. We're not just doing this for money. For a
0: shitload of money!
1: Show me the money. Right, babe, I just bought this
2: truck straight cash. Then <laughs> I got enough cigarettes to last me and my family for the rest of our lives!
1: Come, bitch, bitch!
2: Show me the money.
1: Good evening, and welcome to the Money Program. Tonight, on the Money Program, we're going to look at money. Lots of it. On film and in the studio, some of it in nice piles, others in lovely clanky bits of loose change. Some of it neatly counted in fat little hundreds, delicate fibres stuffed into bulging wallets, nice crisp clean checks, pert pieces of copper coinage thrust deep into trouser pockets, the romantic foreign money rolling against the thigh with rough familiarity, beautiful wayward curly-cued banknotes, filigree copper plates in cheek by jowl with tumbling hexagonal mill
2: ledgers. Books. Greetings, programs and users. Once again, it is a time for another episode of Old Nerds Drinking. This is John Patrick, your Master Control program. I'm here once again with Rojin. Hello. And we are Old Nerds Drinking.
1: Didn't you just say that? I did. That was the most jacked up intro ever, and I insist that you leave it alone in the show opening. <laughs>
2: Naked and jacking <laughs> it in San Diego. San Diego. Do, do, do uh anyways what, what's uh, what, been up
1: what's oh, been going on how are you
2: you know i'm still surviving in this uh post-apocalyptic hellscape we call uh the united states
1: of america yeah anyways yeah. um so uh what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about tonight i guess we're gonna well we, i definitely i'm not allowed to talk about star wars we're not I talking about
2: go we've already talked about star wars too much
1: I'm not gonna talk about star wars I want um, to, but I won't. I promise that I won't. I will keep my. It'll be hard, but I can do it. Yeah. But you don't want <laughs> to talk about Wandavision at all. No, because I think we're it's gonna too, wait until it's all over. Yeah, we're gonna till we're, we're gonna wait. Till,
2: we're gonna wait till it's all, all over because this is one of those things that it is just too complicated to hit right now. Like because if we think we've got everything and if we think we've got all of our theories down, then next week shit's gonna hit and we're gonna be completely wrong. And it's going to blow our minds. You did want to talk
1: about the Reddit versus hedge fund thing, though.
2: Well, and... we 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 first have to have a very important conversation about oh, what yes, we're so drinking. yes, what
1: we are drinking. Yes. What, so, are, what, are, what, are, what are you drinking good, sir? So
2: I'm a little disappointed. We were supposed to record on Friday, and technical difficulties kind of just shot that right in the ass. Uh, the so, fact that nothing was working. Yeah, nothing was working. <laughs> um, and I had, at that point, opened up that... Uh, marshmallow coconut uh, hazelnut stout that was a like one keg brew they did for a local uh, liquor shop. Oh my god, yeah, that's but man! That stuff was so good. Like yeah, ten dollars. It was ten dollars for yeah, a tall boy. Ten
1: dollars though, man. But
2: I mean, man, was that
1: the one that I was in there with you for? Yeah, that that one time when yep. we saw it. Yeah, that
2: was the one. And and let me tell you, man. It was good. It delivered on every tasting note. Like, first you got the, like, the, the fluffiness of the marshmallow,
1: and then you just which got... Which is difficult in beer, because yeah, which is sh- not to cut you off, it's oh. really, really hard to... When something says, like, it's a toasted marshmallow beer or a toasted marshmallow meat or whatever, to get that toasted marshmallow flavor, it's damn near impossible, because there's it's not it's it's not like a normal flavor characteristic oh, yeah, yeah. you can't just add marshmallow flavoring to a beer and expect it to taste good so
2: yeah when you um, get
1: something like that i've only had one i had a beer that was done by a place called uh, toasted marshmallow uh up in northern michigan there was a toasted marshmallow um it's a microbrewery up there And they actually had one that was the it was the toasted marshmallow s'mores beer and I was like yeah sure I'll give it a shot and I'll be damned if that didn't taste like a fucking s'mores in a beer can which sounds gross but it was really good oh
2: so good and and let me tell you of all the years I've been getting the Rochester Mill Breweries milkshake stouts of Christmas several times they promised a toasted marshmallow milkshake stout and it never delivered on it as good as what I was drinking last week Uh, yeah I'm 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 sad that. I did not get to talk about it more that night. So, today I'm enjoying a Rochester Mills Brewery uh, peanut butter cup milkshake stout.
1: That's left over from the Christmas pack, isn't it? There's two more left in the fridge. Good. I say, don't drink those. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably the shit ones, too, you left me. <laughs> no, no. I, I already
2: left you the shit ones. These are good ones.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> He's such an asshole. After <laughs> after the work we did to find that beer, yep. Uh, I am drinking a um. I am drinking a margarita right now. Actually, it's a moonshine margarita, but I, that's what I'm drinking. Mm. Um, it is very good. It does not have the tequila kick to it, but it's still a very good drink. Um, I've I've been making all these different things with the moonshine that I make. My apple pie so far is the best. I make a pink strawberry lemonade one, and I also make the. Um, I also make the margarita one, which uh, a friend of mine really likes. So I haven't—I I had to make some again. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. But uh, the problem is, is that it's got a high alcohol content, and I may become um, my 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 vision may become slurred, and my speech may become impaired as the show goes on. So we should probably get rolling into this.
2: I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs>
1: So, so I, I, have, in, in complete all honesty, I have studied very little of the notes. I have had an extremely busy last week and a half, two weeks. Um, I had to have a friend of mine, I had to help a friend of mine out of an emergency situation that was several States away. Um, it's, it's just been a nutty, nutty, crazy week. It really has. So, so you know, so you went
2: on your magical mystery tour.
1: Yes, I did. Um, which was insane. Um, I will give a, I can't give a whole synopsis of the entire trip for for various reasons, but long story short, I left last Saturday. I left Detroit at three o'clock in the morning. Went down to Ohio, mid Ohio, picked up my friend, another friend. Then we had to drive down to Nashville, Tennessee, to get a rental truck. Um, ning, ning, the rental ning, truck ning, wasn't ning, available. Ning, ning, ning. Had, Yeah, I had to go to a bunch of different – like we went to another rental place. They were like, no, we did have the truck, but we we accidentally let it go. We have to go to another place, which stayed open, got the rental truck, had to go to location A, unload stuff from there. That was rather insane. We weren't able to go to the other two locations like we were supposed to. Our hotel room was up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, so we drove an hour north, stayed in Bowling Green, Kentucky, got up the next day, drove down to – from Bowling Green, Kentucky down to Chattanooga, Tennessee, went to two locations there, promptly drove back – Split ways in Ohio, and I had a thirteen hour drive, which made me get home at about five thirty in the morning on Monday morning. Was it I believe it was Monday? Yeah, it was Monday because I didn't sleep at all on Sunday. Mm-hmm. so. It was fear and loathing in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, And it was a lot like the movie because we – I brought all this alcohol that we probably didn't need and a whole bunch of edible gummy marijuanas that, of course, we didn't need because we really didn't have time to do that. So when we got back to the hotel, we were exhausted, but I was like, all right, let's crack open this. Let's take one of these. And then it was like, wow, we got to go to bed now because we're beat. So (laughs) – You know, it was like when he pops the trunk open a serious drug collection. Of course, our drug collection was just marijuana edibles and various forms of alcohol, and that was it. But really, we didn't need anything because we didn't have time. The whole plan did not go as planned, but it still worked out, and everything went off, and we did everything that we had to do and get back home. And the whole weekend is essentially a giant blur for me. So that's that's a very loose interpretation of my story. I, I am the guy that everybody calls when they need help moving or getting out of a situation like immediately. It's like the world's about to end. If you don't do this, you need to help us right now. Help me. You're my only hope. Kenobi. Oh, we won Kenobi.
2: I usually get the call just cause I'm the guy with the minivan.
1: Yeah. I, don't, I, I have a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Ford C-Max hybrid, which barely had room for all of our luggage in it and stuff. All, all of our day bags could barely fit in this thing. So yeah, it sucked. It was, it was an adventure. So now, let's talk about the Reddit hedge fund thing, which oh. I thought to this point was not really worth discussing anymore. Because I think when I was down there, wasn't all that was going on. First,
2: we're going to start a disclaimer. I am not an expert on anything financial. Nothing I for say. much of anything
1: else for that matter?
2: There are, several, there are several subjects I will claim expertise in them. Voodoo Finance is not one of those. But yeah, this, so there is a lot of high level weird shit going on with this but it basically boils down to starting in September last year one or two really big hedge funds decided that GameStop was ripe to basically just run into the ground so what they did they went to these holding houses that have millions of shares or not millions, but probably thousands of shares of stocks. And they borrowed those stocks. Then they sold them. Then they went on CNBC and all these financial programs and started talking about what a terrible financial bet GameStop is and how GameStop was going to go under. And GameStop, was hit hard by covid it was never going to recover it was probably going to be in bankruptcy and then while they're staying while they're saying this they are driving the price of the stock down because they're trusted people they're financial wizards and they're telling people oh if you have gamestop stock you need to sell it all in the hope that they can buy those stocks super cheap and when they return them to the people they borrowed them from They'll return them for less than they were worth, and somehow that makes profit. I am not sure how that works. It
1: sounds like the underwear gnomes from yeah. South Park. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Step three is profit, but there is a, a subReddit forum called Wall Street Bets, and some of the people who are on this forum saw this and was like, "Hey, GameStop's doing a little bad, but." They knew that there's a new console. There was a new console cycle on the horizon. They know mm-hmm. that always does good for GameStop's business. They know Christmas is coming. GameStop always does well at Christmas. And at this point, the price of gamestop uh, stock had been driven below like five dollars a share. So they immediately started buying the stock, which rose the price up. So, September, it's $5 a share. By November, it's $40 a share. And the people who short sold GameStop stock, they have to buy those shares back. And if the price goes up, they have to pay more than they borrowed them against. So they start losing money. And then Christmas rolls around and GameStop stock hits $100 a share. And it just keeps going up. Last week, the shares topped out at over $400 a share, be a 1,000% increase in price from when these people bought them.
1: They have to buy them back.
2: Right. But what, so what happens at that point is all of a sudden, the places people are buying their stocks from, so apps like Robinhood, Webull, Fidelity, and a few others say, whoa, ho, 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 you can't keep buying this stock. We we're gonna let you sell it, but you can't buy it anymore, because the hedge funds that had short sold GameStop had to take in almost a three billion dollar influx of cash to cover their position. It's all mm-hmm. it, I mean. It quite literally is like a bet. the The hedge funds are the ones putting out the markers, and they thought that the stock was going to lose and bet it on it losing, but instead it won. And now they're going to have to, it's like when the, the 3000 to one odd horse wins the race and you're like, holy shit, we can't cover this action. Mm -hmm. So so that was kind of what happened with the clearing houses. Um, and that had its effect. It started driving down the stock price to the point where today GameStop, I think was right around a hundred dollars a share. So this is, Mm -hmm. Monday, February eighth, over the course of five or six days, it dropped down to hundred bucks. But
1: but everybody that bought it made their profit margins off of it before they sold it, I'm assuming,
2: right? Well, that's the thing. The people on the Wall Street Bet subreddit are convinced that the squeeze what they're hoping for is the squeeze point. At a certain point when the brokers have to buy all the stock backs, or the hedge funds have to buy all the stocks back hasn't Mm -hmm. happened yet so they're telling all the people that are part of this subreddit you gotta hold you gotta hold they're trying to drive the price down but as long as we hold eventually it's going to rise back up um this is exactly what happened in 2008 with bmw where BMW became the highest traded stock on the world stock market and shot up like 8000%. Um and that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping for that sometime soon when the financial reports come out and they these hedge funds have to cover their short positions there's a, there is a whole vocabulary of terms. Uh if you're holding your stocks it's you've got diamond hands. When the squeeze happens, it's the stock's going to go to the moon. I spent some time on the Wall Street Bets subreddit. And let me tell you, it is a cesspool of toxic masculinity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,
1: But, you know, I thought about dipping my toe with her and just taking a look. But I was like, you know what? I don't really know about any of this shit. I'm not going to buy any of these stocks. I don't play the market. Well, see. And a lot of it is just for this very reason. Right.
2: Allow me. Because I was bored out of my mind last week and I was like, you know what? I have I have a hundred bucks I can throw at this. It's, it's not gonna hurt me. So You bought some. Uh, well I did not buy GameStop. Um, but I read through the Wall Street Bet subreddit and did a lot of sorting by new to get stuff that wasn't like the super highlighted or like super upvoted to find out about stuff. And Looked for stocks I could buy that were under $20 a share. Okay. And I ended up picking three stocks. The first is AMC of AMC Cinemas. And that's another one that uh, where they're talking on it is heavily shorted and looks to be worth more than its price on the ticker right now, especially with theaters opening up. Once they start getting cash back in, once theaters start releasing movies it is very likely that amc stock is going to go back up um, well yeah
1: because people will be that's that's one of the things that people are craving to go out and go to the movies and see movies again exactly you know, and that's that's probably be one of the return to normalities and once the vaccines are actually getting out there I mean, to be to be honest with you, if they opened up in another month or so, I think people would just say to hell with it and go anyways, you know, mm-hmm. with masks oh, yeah, or whatever yeah. on because the, because the vaccines are flowing now. I, I would probably wait it out until May, but, um, you know, at least May before I started going again.
2: There's nothing but, there's nothing coming that I really want to see in a theater until Dune comes. And I mean, yeah, that's, that, pretty much that's me. yeah. uh, I'm kind of holding that that's my break point that, yeah, I'll probably go to the movies when Dune comes. So so I bought $50 worth of AMC. Then uh, their uh, Nokia is another one that is supposedly heavily shorted, and they told people to buy, but you're going to have to hold on to it. The third stock I bought was a company called Telray. And you'll like this because they are the world's largest grower of recreational marijuana.
1: That is... Uh, I That's what's funny Everybody thinks I'm this huge pothead I'm really not But This this is the thing Now Again I'm not a stock guy In any way shape or form whatsoever Just going by the logic You have Democrats that are in charge right now And it's no secret that Democrats want to legalize Marijuana at mm-hmm. the federal level Plus on top of that You have so many states That are now uh, Legalized with marijuana It's big business It's a lot of money In legalized marijuana sales Um And if if the Democrats can get there, if they can get things going fast enough, which is kind of hard to to say, hey, why don't you guys get marijuana legalized? There's a lot of more important fish on the fryer. Right.
2: Right. right.
1: So, you know, the marijuana, it's getting marijuana legalized probably isn't up there, but they should, because if they tax it, which they're going to, it's going to make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But once it's legalized at the federal level, then you're really going to start to see things take off, because at that point you won't have to worry about. Uh, it being a federal federal legal drug, it's not going to affect people having to have a bank account to open up money, to be able to buy things with credit.
2: Yeah, um, that that is the hugest hurdle right now, is the fact that mm-hmm. even though there's so many states with uh, legalized marijuana, that it's still, because it's a Schedule it's 1, only under, yeah, it's, it's a cash-only business. There are these huge marijuana dispensaries and businesses and entrepreneurs that have all this cash but they have nothing yep. to do with it so yeah,
1: so any kind of marijuana company right now is gonna be it's like buying apple way back when it first started because once it becomes legalized it's just gonna take off the only thing that's gonna stop it are gonna be the states that independently and even breaks down to the counties which ones are gonna like say okay well it's not legal in our state not here. right right and then you know all the other states that have legalized it it's making a shit ton of money and if you're a company that's a producer just do the math, you know. Right, right. <laughs> I so, if, if I could, I would be buying into marijuana uh, marijuana based companies right now.
2: Well, well, let me tell you. So, so those are the three stocks I picked. I bought fifty dollars of AMC. The fifty dollars I invested in uh, AMC is now worth twenty one dollars and twelve cents. So i've okay. I've lost twenty nine dollars on that. Uh, The Nokia stock I bought, I bought $20 worth of Nokia. That is now worth $17.49. And this is all Mm -hmm. as of the close of the stock market today. Now the Tilray, I bought $20 worth of that. And the shares I have of that are currently valued at $32.06. That is the only one I made money on.
1: That, yeah that's 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 a good winning bet I yeah would, I would stick with that one the movie theater one that will so, probably make money.
2: My feeling is I'm probably gonna end up selling the Nokia and just taking that money and buying more Tilray but again it's something I'm it's it's fun to do little bit of money you throw in and I can check my phone a couple of times a day and feel like I'm doing something productive.
1: Man, I wish I had the money to invest, even even like that company, you know, if I had a few bucks to do it.
2: So this is the cool thing that really started this movement is apps that let you invest small amounts of money. Like Mm -hmm. when when we were growing up, the stock market was fucking uh, Michael Douglas and Wall Street. It was guys who had to throw – like you're throwing around – Oh, I gotta buy a thousand shares, and I need ten thousand dollars in cash to do it. Well, mm-hmm. then you have these apps like WeBull, Robinhood, Robinhood, and,
1: Robin and all that. Yeah,
2: these three stocks I bought them on Cash App.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so the same thing people used to like send each other ten bucks for pizza, I used it to buy ninety dollars worth of stock. Um, man, and because it's this weird app, and it's not a, tr- a brokerage selling it to you. There's no commission fee on it. I and mean, you you've gotta do all the legwork yourself, but like you could, when you get your next paycheck, take twenty bucks, put it in your Cash App account, and you now own stocks. Hm. Um there's another it's tempting there's another app I looked at, uh Acorn, and what that does is you hook it up to your bank account and I don't know if you remember Bank of America a while back had this uh keep the change and it would take the yeah. round up all your transactions and put it in a savings account. So yep. Acorn basically does the same thing, but it takes that money and then you can use that money that it rounds up your transactions to the nearest dollar. And then you can use that to buy stocks. You can mm-hmm. even buy um, like fractional amounts of stock. So it's like, okay, I want to buy Amazon, but I don't have... $800 to buy a single share of Amazon. You can buy a $20 worth of a share of Amazon and then as that Amazon goes up or down you get a percentage based on how much of the share you own. Okay. So yeah, this really is something you can do with a little bit of pocket change. You can throw your coins in a jar and at the end of the week just convert it to a PayPal or Cash App or something and then Dick around with the stock market.
1: Hmm, you are making a very convincing case for me to spend money on something. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> I like didn't I said, go to the gamer store today with you today because I knew I didn't have money to spend on gaming shit. Yeah, so now I'm going to tell. you're just itching to make me spend my money that I, I don't have.
2: I am a terrible influence. You I are. I I started reading about this last week, and man, I love it. I love everything about this because this is. Wall Street brokers getting fucked at their own game that they rigged the system so they could play. I love the fact that the company they targeted was GameStop and GameStop is like so dear to nerds hearts that they're like, we're not going to let you destroy GameStop. And that's, that's the thing.
1: It's like, they went to the justice department and the justice department's like, what do you want us to do about it? You people have been doing this for years. We want more laws on this stuff. Yeah. So the justice department didn't help them either. You know, (laughs) it's like, but I mean, it's. You know I'm wondering what's gonna happen because of this you know is it, is in, it gonna be it's it, I don't think anything's gonna change in the long run because the people who have the money, the people that run everything are just gonna change the rules to be able to make sure that make sure that they can still play the game.
2: I was gonna say you or know? or they'll change how they play the game. now this so what I love about this is this is the like ultimate not an ultimate, but like this is a great cyberpunk story. This is about a couple of people finding information that was out there and then exploiting it to not just make money from their exploiting it, but to specifically screw rich people while making mm-hmm. money
1: and, and play the system the way it's been played, you know, to, to use the system in their favor. Right. I've and been, it, not to cut you off, but I've there's, there's this theory that I've got that I've always wanted to see happen. You've got a generation of people that were raised on playing world of Warcraft Online games with economies and things like that, like whenever a new World of Warcraft patch drops, you've got people that are trying to figure out how to hack that patch and do stuff to the game within 24 hours of it. And it's like I've always wondered if these people that were able to do these things with computer games and find loopholes in the rules and the programming and things like that, if you took these people and applied that kind of ingenuity and knowledge to the current systems that we have – what kind of changes and things would you see happen? What kind of stuff would you see take place? And I think this is a fantastic, great example of something like that happening. Oh yeah. where a bunch of people that just sit down and say, all right, this is how this works. This is how that works. Let's take all this information we have here and apply it towards systems that are already in existence. And let's see if we can piss in the pool a little bit and screw things up.
2: Yeah. That that is literally the point I was about to make. Um, mm -hmm. It's the perception of the hedge fund managers. I, I, I don't know who specifically, but basically the class, the people who are in charge of making money on Wall Street, Mm -hmm. they looked at Reddit and was like, well, these people are idiots. If they were smart, they would be making money like us, but we're smart. So we make the money and they don't realize that that's not what it is. Reddit is, well, there is a whole bunch of toxicity on there. It is also incredibly intelligent people that are incredibly knowledgeable about incredibly specific slices of information. You have, mm-hmm. you have astrophysicists on Reddit. You have a econ- or economic professors on Reddit. You have people who are really the height of their field. And this is where they get together to talk about or talk with other people who are the mm-hmm. height of their field. And that's what happened is they're prejudiced of the fact that well, everybody on the internet's stupid because if they were smart, they'd be doing what we're doing and making money. and they made money. There was um, a story about one of the guys on Wall Street bets who cashed out when it hit like400,000 or400 dollars a share and then went to GameStop. <laughs> And bought video games to donate to hospitals. They're... Yeah,
1: that guy was the shit. Yeah, yeah. that's that was awesome. There, you know, there were there like, were stories about people. He still got what he wanted, but yeah. he still, you know, he said, "Whatever, I don't need this much money. I'm going to take care of other people with this." Mm-hmm. And he went and bought switches. Yeah, and that was that was awesome. You know, yeah, because it, you're not going to see some hedge fund, Wall Street dickhead douche be like no this is my money i'm gonna do what i want with my money and here you've got the average joe who's like you know what i made my money Let's let's yeah you know it's kind of it's giving karma back you know it's so, kind of like so here's where I mean. here's where the story right.
2: starts to get real cyberpunk is that like after that big uh uptick happened when it hit the high point um wall street bets uh first of all um they uh somehow um filed a complaint against discord because wall street bets was using discord to communicate with all the people who were on there and talk about things. So it wasn't on Reddit. So Mm -hmm. mysteriously, a, uh, a complaint got made against their discord that it was spreading hate speech. Um, Then the membership or or like the subscribership to wall street bets uh, went from like 2 million to 8 million in the course of a week but what they started noticing was that there's there's people or there were these new accounts and they were st- starting to spread information telling people to sell. It's like, "Oh, oh, it's the peak. You got to sell, you got to sell, you got to sell." And they were all new accounts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So then the old accounts were like, "Wait a minute. We're, did we just get
1: infiltrated?" Yeah, that's which is which is what to be expected, yes. And that's what
2: exactly what happened. There within a week of that that there was a story started circulating about like now that GameStop was on the rise uh the big thing to do was buy silver they were tell everybody was saying buy silver yeah. buy silver buy silver and the the moderators of Wall Street Bets were saying like no we're we're not saying this these are these new accounts that are trying to push this narrative and it's now now there's a war on this forum between the old guard who were on there And all these new things and these new accounts are like starting to speak the language. They're starting to, oh, it's not we need to post articles if we want to change stuff on this forum. We need to post memes because that's how everybody on this forum communicates is they talk in memes. So you have these brokerage firms that are trying to figure out how to influence meme culture the way they want it to.
1: That, that 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 makes sense that was going to happen. It was, yeah, happen. It's it was ins- just a matter of time.
2: It's insane. It like I said, it is the best cyberpunk story I, I've read this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, that makes total sense that that would happen. I can I can completely see that. It's like, all right, well these kids are taking over. We got to do something here. What what's what's hip? What's lingo? Let's find some hip <laughs> lingo, you know, to try to to try to do this or whatever. Uh, we we got to understand these memes. The kids are always yeah. talking about these memes. God damn it! I lost money. Somebody needs to fix this shit. So, yes, you know, it's it's great. It, it's it does warm my heart because this is the world of Warcraft culture that it's beginning to. And and I wish this stuff would happen more. I yeah. wish more of these people would do stuff like this, you know, and, and take these models and these because the, d- these people learn how to work these rules and and find these loopholes in these systems and stuff. Our boy Banjo is really good at like working numbers and min maxing things and finding out like what's the best possible way to do all this. And I wish people would take that knowledge and be like, all right, here's a system that already exists. We all know it's fucked. We all know that it's rigged. How If, if the system is rigged, it's like in the movie The Matrix. If the rules are out there, then let's figure out how to manipulate these rules and do everything that we possibly can. Yeah. But granted, the system will always catch up. The people who have the money, the people, they, they will always find a way to catch up and to manipulate yeah. things. And, and that's but, the
2: thing is, it's not so much what they were doing, it's the fact that the the people who were, have been doing this for a while went That's so rude. hard on GameStop that they overextended themselves. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't gotten greedy and just did a normal amount of their manipulation, it probably wouldn't have gone notice. But the fact, like, I think there was a report released that at one point they had short borrowed uh, more stock for GameStop than was openly available for GameStop mm-hmm. because one company would short sell to another company and then that company would short sell to a third company. And so it's of a 100% of available stock, 180% of it had been shorted. And so that that's what they're waiting for is the big squeeze when this point comes that they have to pay back all the stuff they've shorted. And supposedly we could see it by the end of this month. And in, if if the predictions are true, if the diamond hands get what they want, if Daddy Elon takes them to the moon because together apes are strong.
1: Together apes are strong. Yeah,
2: that, that's, that's a big <laughs> thing on there is like they're all apes. They're, they're all uh, other slurs that I will not say for politeness on this. Like I said, there's a lot of to- toxicity on that. But yeah, it's together apes strong. So they gotta hold. They gotta hold their diamond hands. So God bless you, you beautiful bastards of Reddit. I hope you get all. Oh, that's the other thing is uh, the the they call the stocks tendies. So I hope you get all your tendies. I hope you stick it to the man. I hope you are all together apes strong, because
1: well they already have. They already have stuck it to the man. It's just a matter of I hope it works out to be profitable in the end and they still end up losing because it's like I said, once these people realize that they're screwed, the people with the money always manipulate the system in their favor because they have the money to do it. Money always talks. So I just legitimately hope that they do end up getting shafted in the end and the people who did this do eventually come out victoriously because if they only truly screw the system – If in the end they're the ones that win, Mm -hmm. if they just go in and like really hurt them really bad. Yes, they, they hurt them really bad. They did some, they did some stuff which affected them or whatever, but if they still come out ahead winning, I have no faith. I, I have no faith in people like those companies that they, they won't figure out a way to still somehow come out ahead. But they'll walk away with their hands blistered. But, you know, it's it's like I don't think this will happen again. I think yeah. things put in place to stop it from happening again. Yeah, or yeah. the system will be changed or they'll figure out another way to game the system. No matter how it is. But if it hadn't been GameStop that, that it happened to, I wonder how many people would have paid any kind of attention. The only reason that people are paying attention to it like us is because it was GameStop. Yep. And it's geek culture and we're geeks. Now, granted... I got to kind of laugh because GameStop's the kind of company you walk in there. It's like the, the it's like the um, the pawn shop mean the best I can give you is $3, you know, and the guy in the, in the thing will be holding a brand new Xbox, you know. It's, a, it's that kind of a system. But, again, GameStop mm. is there to make money. They're a company that makes money and so forth. So yeah. But the thing is, in the long run, GameStop is also getting screwed because nobody really goes to game shops to buy games anymore. They just buy them off of the Internet, off of their console, and download it right to the console or save it to their library, much like Steam. So, because I've bought many games that, even though they're not on my system, I can log into my PlayStation 4, go to that account, pull it up and say, all right, I need to redownload this game and delete a game off of my system. And like the copy is stored in the cloud. It's not a physical copy anymore. And that's the way that... The video game stuff, movies, all of this stuff, all forms of entertainment are eventually going to that point to where nobody wants a physical copy anymore. And if that's the case, then you don't need a brick-and-mortar store to sell a physical copy of something. Now, myself, I like to have physical copies of things. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of just having things up in the cloud or whatever because if I don't pay my monthly fee, I can't get the game back. Whereas if I have a physical copy of it. If I don't have my Xbox Live account running up or something, I can still put the game in and play it. You know, even if it's it's not an online game, I can still play it.
2: So there was a story um, several years back, and it dealt with this with Amazon. And people who had bought digital copies of books on Amazon, and then something happened, and Amazon lost the digital distribution rights for those books. Yes. And retroactively... All the people who had bought those books no longer had access to them because they found out that them buying from Amazon was not them buying a digital copy of the book. It You're was them a copy. It was them buying a license to read yep. the book from Amazon. And yes. the poetic irony of it was the book in question that everybody noticed was 1984, 1984. by George yes. Orwell, which Correct. this year is now in the public domain. But I think this is a good point to transition to our next topic.
1: Um, Japan versus cosplay. This is something that I was aware of but did not read. From what I understand, and I don't know the whole story, is Japan changed the copyright laws on intellectual properties, which will make it to where people can't do cosplay with certain intellectual properties?
2: um, No? No. Um, Okay. They have not changed them yet. They are discussing changing them. With the, re- with the rise of Twitch, with the rise of Patreon, with the rise of these self-promotion platforms, we have seen a new kind of celebrity or entrepreneur arrive. We have seen the, kind of like the YouTube star, the person who is famous from making themselves famous on the internet, uh, people who play video games, makers, and people who go on the Internet and are engaging with a fan base and making that their revenue stream. That was a big thing with Patreon was that, hey, I'll do stuff, you pay me a little bit of money, and you will get something in return, either like videos of me making stuff or some stickers that I drew or I'll show you the the digital art I make every month.
1: Yeah, I had a Patreon for my other show for quite right. some time for a number of years, yeah.
2: So, the top tier of people on these platforms are making some serious coin. I'm going to I'm going to say people who I have heard, who I have no idea who they are. Um, but like uh there's somebody who streams called Ninja who's who's a video gamer who makes a shit ton of money. There was that guy PewDiePie who is was a video game streamer made a shit ton of money. But in Japan, they, in addition to video game streamers, a big thing are cosplayers. So you have these self-promoted cosplayers who make their costumes and sell their Patreons, or they will do appearances at cons and have made not just a living, but make serious coin doing this. And that's where the problem is issued is that these people are making so much money that the license holders of what they're selling or who own the intellectual properties of what they're cosplaying are like, hey, you made like $100,000 last year cosplaying Mm -hmm. a character from our video game. You know, we feel like we should be getting a little bit of coin on that. Mm -hmm. And what really made me fall in love with this is... In Japan, they have a cultural minister of this program called Cool Japan. And what it what Cool Japan is is Japan realized that its biggest export is its pop culture. So they have a cultural ministry that deals with promoting Japanese pop culture to the rest of the world and mm-hmm. one of the ways they do this is through cosplay cosplay really started in japan and in fact the japanese imbe- or the ambassador of the cool japan movement is a well-known cosplayer in japan anako e n a k o i I apologize to this person if they ever hear this and i butchered their name but yeah Jap- japan as a country realizes like hey if we send Hello Kitty out into the world, people will travel to Japan to go to the Hello Kitty shops and buy Hello Kitty merchandise that's made in Japan and and all of this. So, it's... They want to get their pop culture out there. Their, the brand of it out there. Um, mm-hmm. And they realize... Yeah, it's
1: like Gundam and, yeah. you, know, every, you know, all that stuff. All yeah.
2: that stuff. But... The problem is, while this is made to target the top tier of people, like the people who are making not just a living, but like a a well-paid living, the law will affect everybody, which means Disney could go after the 501st because a legal precedent will be sold. So now, on top of what you pay to be a member of the 501st, Now it's like, okay, well, you need to pay on top of that a $50 a year licensing fee to Disney just to cosplay as a Disney property character of a stormtrooper.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I I can see where they're coming from. And I Um, I give Japan credit.
2: Because they're talking about this right now, and they're talking to cosplayers, and they're talking to the companies, and they really are cognizant of the fact that they whatever they do will set a worldwide precedence. Um, But yeah, this really like think of every con you've ever been to, and could have, intellectual property holders looking around for people dressed up as characters and be like, hey, you owe us a licensing fee now because you're dressed up as our character.
1: I I can see where they're coming from. I really can. But at the same time, it's like it's kind of it's it's weird because it's a situation where like you're you're in a way you're kind of hurting your fans, the people that support the show, but by the same token, you know, you've you've made the product. You have done you're you, you know, Mhm. So, you, of course, you want to get what you can get out of that, of course. Like and the 501st thing, I don't know what the situation is now, but for a long time, the 501st, George Lucas turned a blind eye to them deliberately yeah. because the 501st was always a charity organization first before they were anything they made it a point to go to like uh cancer awards for children they made a point to damn
2: it we're talking about star wars
1: well i'm not going to stay on it
2: yeah no no, it's okay it's okay because this is an this is an important this is actually an important point we need to make is yeah i'm not for all the for all the shitty things george lucas has done to star wars fans over the years um the one really really impressive thing that george lucas made a kind of core tenant of lucasfilm was he never went after the fans
1: he well it depends on what they were doing no like the 501st he never went after because they were foremost and first off a charitable organization and they did what they did for the love of what they were doing exactly they it was as long as
2: you were not making a profit If you were trying to, say, write your own Star Wars fan fiction and then sell copies of it, Lucasfilm would come after you with the full power of their predatory lawyers. If you Mm -hmm. were just writing fan fiction and putting it out there so that other people could read it, Lucasfilm never had a problem with that. And specifically, when digital... Really, making short films came up and came to the point where anybody could make them. There were a lot of people who made fan Star Wars films, and mm-hmm. Lucasfilm never came after them. At one point, they had a Star Wars uh, fan film festival where they let people make their own fan films, and Lucasfilm hosted it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they've they've been very good to the fan community as long as you were in. Never trying. I don't to make know a- how
1: it works with Disney though, since Disney has purchased them, I have lost track of that loop, and I don't know if Disney is still following that moniker because Disney is very, very protective about their properties mm-hmm. and what the money that it makes and stuff. And Star Wars is now a Disney property, so I could completely see Star Wars stepping in and saying, "Hey, you know, don't do this," but at the same time that could be negative backlash for them if they were to step in and do something like against the 501st. It's yeah. it's a tricky situation because the 501st has always been a charitable, again, charitable organization out there for the good of the people. So I, going back to what the original argument is, I can see the point, but at least I'll give Japan credit to where they're at least talking to the people, the cosplayers, they're trying to work this out amicably somehow rather than just slap this out there and say, Hey, this is the rules now. Because I don't how are you going to enforce it? I mean, you've you've been to a comic con, you know, Mm -hmm. you've seen everybody wearing, you know, you've been to Gen Con. You've seen everybody wearing the uh, the costumes and stuff. Is there going to be somebody going around running out citations every time somebody's wearing a costume or something like that? You know, yeah, Um, I guess for streamers and stuff like that, if it's if uh, the loophole would be if you have some kind of a stream that does this or some way of putting it out there on social media or whatever, then you can get fined. But then, where does the gray area happen? If somebody takes a picture of you at a convention because you're wearing a really cool costume and posts that up on Facebook, are you now subject to the laws of the copyright laws? Where, hey, wait a minute, you're wearing a costume; you owe us fifty dollars. Right. You know. So how does that work? How will that happen? How will that play out? It's it's I definitely don't know. It's, a, it's a tricky thing.
2: Yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. It's definitely something to keep on your nerd radar, and it's. I would hate to see cosplay go. Well, I do not cosplay. I just
1: don't see it going anywhere.
2: Yeah, I there's love... too
1: many people that are, you know, I don't
2: know. Like, like, like the Detroit Ghostbusters guys that all dress yeah. up and, and they dress up like the Ghostbusters. Or um, they, there's a group of people who dress up like uh, G.I. Joe characters. And I really would hate to lose that at conventions. That's always a big part of conventions. Yeah. I mean, like to the point yeah. now where there's even like celebrities who are into cosplay.
1: Well, there's that meme floating around there of of uh, Harry Potter wearing a Boba Fett costume, getting to, getting this picture taken next to a little girl, and wait. the little girl is like super perplexed. It's like, wait a minute, Harry Potter is Boba Fett. I'm getting it's it's you know, it's one of those things, you know. Or well,
2: I mean th- that's a whole separate thing of like, or celebrities who are also fans of like comic book cons figured out that hey, I can walk around the con floor if I'm in a costume and nobody knows who I am. Exactly. Um, exactly. Adam Savage, for various cons, would like say, hey, I'm going to be wearing a costume, and I'm going to be on the floor at this time, see if you can figure out who I am. And hmm. for a while, it took people a little bit of time to figure it out, but then it's just like, oh, who's that person walking around in an overly elaborate space suit? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's Adam Savage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's not like you're going to see Mark Hamill cosplaying Luke Skywalker at a convention or anything like that. No, no, or, no, 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 you know, no, no. no, favorite, no. You know.
2: Because, uh, oh, Comic-Con several years ago, Brian Cranston walked the floor of Comic-Con wearing a Walter White Brian Cranston mask.
1: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> yeah. N- never, say, never say <laughs> never, because that is something that happened.
1: Oh my god, that'd be hysterical! That'd be so funny. The last Comic Con that I went to was right about this time last year. It was on the other side of town. It was a smaller one, but there was a guy there that looked like that really did look a lot like Mark Hamill, like you know, modern Jedi Knight Mark Hamill, crotchety old man Luke. Yeah, crotch. He looked like crotchety Luke Skywalker, Um, and he really did look a lot like him. And it got me to thinking. I'm like, man, if Mark Hamill were to show up, you know, dressed as Luke Skywalker and walk around walk around one of these little tiny conventions. He could totally deny that he was him he could be like yeah my name is you know barry johnson you know I, i'm a garage mechanic you know and, and, and people are like wow you really look like him and he'd be like oh yeah i get that a lot that's why yeah. i dressed up in the costume you know i would totally do some shit like that if i could you know
2: <laughs> yeah so you know,
1: i would probably even go the extra step of getting a fake id made be like, no no here's my driver's license see this is really who i am but the whole time you're really mark hamill you know, right dressed as luke skywalker just fucking with people <laughs> So, let me get this right. You think Mark Hamill is going to dress up as Luke Skywalker and just go to a little rinky-dink comic con like this and just walk around on the floor. All right, yeah, sure. You want to get some pictures of me? Oh, right? wow. Uh, you know?
2: I was going to say, wow, that that is like some serious uh Andy Kaufman stuff right there.
1: Yeah, but I would I would totally do it if I were if I were in that position. That would be something that I would do. You know, just just again to piss in the just to piss in the water a little bit. And then like I'd be the guy that like two weeks later I'd go and post all the pictures on the internet and be like, "Oh yeah, that was totally me by the way." You know. <laughs> just to blow everybody's mind, you know, it'd be fun, you know?
0: Because mm. <laughs> that'd be part
1: of the joke, you know. But you'd only be able to do it like once because after that everyone would be would. in on the yeah, the joke could only be done like one time, you know.
2: But anyways, so the, like the last topic I have to go on for this episode is something I discovered the other day and it has just tickled me beyond belief is that apparently the the big trend on TikTok right now is sea shanties you heard that right yes, so what is
1: a, i don't i don't know what a sea shanty is what, it, what is this like irish singing or what i i was thinking of like like a, a like a fishing thing out on the ice or something or a boat or something like that
2: no 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 no, no like uh, sea shanty singing songs so there is a guy on tiktok he would put out these videos of him singing traditional irish folk music and shanties and all that and one of them is a shanty called the Wellerman. And TikTok mm-hmm. fell in love with it. And it was then other people were singing it and they would record themselves singing it along with him. And then it turned, there was a techno remix of it. And then there was uh, the meme of Bernie Sanders sitting in his chair and somebody edited That's the song? That's the song.
1: They edited,
2: okay. so a chorus of Bernie Sanders are singing the song The Wellerman.
1: There's uh, a whole bunch of, there's a Viking song uh, called My Mother Told Me. I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. what the exact name of the song is, but there's a whole lot of people that are doing this now with like Nordic Viking songs. They're doing that as well, that people are just doing... You're talking about where they do the uh, the duet the, the duet videos where it's mm. got one TikTok next to somebody doing it or whatever. Right. So all of these people are now taking these songs and they're doing them from home. You know, they're doing these and, and then there's Nordic ones that are like that as well, or they're combining other songs together with these Nordic songs. Yeah,
2: and and there was so, there was a lot of talk late last year or kind of early this year about you know the official the official songs for 2020 should be sea shanties. Because traditionally Sea Shanty was a song that was like a traditional farm work song, but it was a steady beat. You would have a singer traditionally, or for most of them you would have a singer and the only instrument would be like either somebody stomping their feet or maybe a drum, but it was so you could have a large group of people working together and singing the song helps you keep the time helps you to work together as a team but it's mm-hmm. also to pass the time and the monotony of coiling a rope or turning the uh, the the gears that bring the anchors up but you had to march in time to do it so you didn't get stepped on mm-hmm. and, and so that kind of it's like rem- a cadence
1: yeah a cadence
2: that's the word i yeah. was looking for thank you
1: i'm all about irish folk music oh. and um, Nordic music and like, there's a group called Heilung. It's one of my favorite, absolutely one of my favorite groups. Oh yeah. Um, and if you're into that kind of shit, go out and find Heilung. They're they're actually very popular now. They've kind of popularized the whole Nordic Viking kind of sound, for the lack of a better term. Um, but I've been listening to this kind of stuff. For, for years and years, you know, it's just mm-hmm. I, I don't jam it out with my buddies or shit like that. But then again, there has been a few times where you've been over for a fire and I've played some of the stuff, you know, when you're sitting around because I know you don't give a shit. But right. it's not kind of like the stuff that you drive down the road blasting out of your stereo system on a hot summer day with the windows rolled down, you know, like jamming your fist in the air, singing Irish shanties.
2: Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, 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 no you don't, you me. don't understand. I have a whole playlist for that on Spotify. Yeah,
1: I know you will. I know you. I can completely see you driving. On the road in, in your mini, in your family minivan with the windows rolled down, just blasting the shit out the window. Yeah, you know, not not giving a fuck. Giving <laughs> one hundred. You, you do that.
2: Yeah, it's like, part of what you are. I doing. can totally be like, yeah, dude, I was way ahead of the curve on this one on TikTok because yeah. I've been listening to this shit since I was in my teens.
1: I, I re- can just see you like pulling up to a stop, like just blasting the shit and like just you know singing along and looking over to the car next to people just squinting at you. You're like, I don't give a fuck. I get more pussy than you do, and you pull off. You know. <laughs> Because so, cause I'm,
2: cause I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, j-
1: but the closest I'll come to do with that, I might blast like, um, like uh, oh, Huck, um, who is, oh my God, it just slipped my brain. The guy whose wife was from Detroit and they. Um, Flogging not Molly. The Flogging Molly, yes. I'll blast Flogging Molly at any time in the summertime because flogging Molly, you can kind of get away with, you know, and and people just kind of look at you like, all right, whatever, you know, because it's got like a slam dance feel to it. Yeah. It's it's Irish folk
2: music with like a, a rock and roll beat to it.
1: Yeah, the Dropkick Murphys, shit like that. But privately, I'll go home and I, like when no one's home, I'll crank up like how long? Like super loud or I'm in the backyard with my earbuds in by the fire by myself on a nice moonlit night when I'm cracked off my ass and I'll be blasting how long through my earbuds or whatever, you know? But it's not uh, something I'm going to go play out in public.
2: I, I, nerds, I, expect- I nerd so hard on this that I don't just know shanties. I have, like, a whole sub-genre, or I follow a whole sub-genre that is basically Great Lakes folk music for, like, shanties.
1: Huh. Yeah, which is not Gordon Lightfoot.
2: <laughs> yeah, which is, which is 100% not Gordon Lightfoot, but Lightfoot. yeah.
1: The rector of the Edmund Fitzgerald! <laughs> um and you've done, because you've been at my house a few times and we've been sitting around the fire and we're all, we're all lit and you'll just start ripping out, you know, you'll just start singing some of this shit. And you do it quite well, actually. Like, there's times where I'll be like, God, I wish I could sing along with him because <laughs> this sounds like it's really cool. Or, or the but, fact hey, that every every
2: time you like, tell, what? I was going to say, or the fact that every time you tell me you're going to be making a fresh batch of moonshine and I'm like, okay, I'll come over because I just want to stand around singing like the, the rare old Mountain Dew or the hills yeah. of Connemara while you're while you're making your shine. It's like I remember at,
1: the one night when we were sitting around the backyard and we just started listening to old school hip hop.
2: Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. So. But it it's I just love that that's a thing that TikTok has brought to us is that like um last year there were all the people doing like the traditional medieval like chanting versions of modern rock songs. And yeah. like now everybody's all about sea shanties. There, there is a sea shanty uh, to the tune of the Wellerman about the people who are on Wall Street bets. That's cool.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's cool. Are you going cl- I'm, to I'm assuming you're going to close the show out with some of that kind of music. Oh, yeah. Of yeah.
2: Yeah. We're, we're, okay. we're closing this. We're closing the show out with uh, the Wellerman or one of those. But yeah.
1: That's cool. That's cool. I, I saw the Bernie meme where all the different Bernies were singing the song, and I'm you know, like, this is probably got to be what it is.
2: Yeah, that that's what kind of got me on it because I w- I liked that version of the Wellerman, and I hadn't heard it before. Um, so I I, wish- I I did some searching, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is a guy on TikTok, and then it was like, then there's everybody on TikTok doing this.
1: Yeah. I wish I wish more politicians were like Bernie, you know, regardless of policy or whatever. Here you have a guy that had his picture taken with these gloves, which had significance just sitting in this chair. And everybody makes it into a meme. Bernie in turn sees this meme, does not get pissed, goes, yeah, this is pretty funny. I can take a joke against me. And turn has that meme made into a bunch of T-shirts sells out of all of the t-shirts in every size mm-hmm. and in turn donates that money to a charitable cause. Yeah. You know, it's like he rolled with it. He was like, yeah, this is cool. I get it. Rather than like throwing a fit and trying, rump, you know, rump. He's like, yeah, all right, let's do, you know, I wish, I wish we had more politicians that were like that. Be it whatever their policy is, whatever side of the aisle they stand on or whatever. Just like, just lighten the fuck up and have a good time with this, you know, it's like. He, he's just, it's like, he, you know, this is this is an example of how cool Bernie is. He's just right. like, yeah, whatever. This is yeah. cool, you know. And he did something good with it. You know, he actually extended it further into something good and did something more with it. I don't know if he's still making t-shirts or what have you, but no,
2: I think I think it was just a one-time run because yeah, I, I looked if you were into it, do it, again, it.
1: It would sell more.
2: <laughs> oh man, uh, my my most recent internet impulse purchase.
1: Oh God. John, John, is it a watch? Is it a watch? Is no, it cigars? No, is it... it something that shoots something? Is it... What did you get? So... I know there was a sex machine out there that you were, we, we were joking around <laughs> about in our group. Um, no. Uh,
2: are you familiar with the story of the Jewish space lasers?
1: Yes, yes. Um, I've seen the marked safe from Jewish space lasers today thing floating around Facebook. Yeah, that was one of the... That was... You know... These theories, it's like, I, I used to laugh at them, but anymore, it's like, oh, of course they're going to say this. Of course they're going to say, nothing is too far-fetched yeah. anymore.
2: So uh, for, anyway. the, for those who haven't been following it, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican uh, senator.
1: Getting dangerously political here, but yeah. I'll allow it. Uh,
2: apparently went out, was talking either in an interview or on YouTube or something, but said that there were, California wildfires were um, started by Jewish space lasers. We are in no way endorsing Jewish space lasers, nor are we in any way confirming or denying whether said space lasers exist. Mm -hmm. However, there's a company that makes replica switch panels. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Of the uh, various Apollo crafts and those big, heavy, meaty physical switches that you'd see in like the Apollo capsules or the space shuttles. Well, they made one that was the Jewish space lasers, <laughs> and I bought God. it, and I'm going to put magnets on it and stick it on my computer tower so I can turn on the Jewish space lasers.
1: Oh, man. Only you would do that. Yeah. Only you would oh do that. Oh, my God.
2: It's it's just one of those things where it's like I saw it, and I'm like, I have to have this. this. This will be mine.
1: <sighs> well, I guess that's uh, I guess that's everything we had on here. I managed to make it through a show without doing a Star Wars rant. For the record, what I was talking about was not a rant. Nope.
2: Uh, so, we will allow it. it, it we is, will allow it. It is all good in the hood. Well, that's about as good a place to wrap it up as any. So, signing off, this is John Patrick, the Master Control Program.
1: And this is Ro. Everybody take care. Peace. Talk to you again in two Is two weeks what we've been sticking to? It's two Something weeks. Like that. Two weeks. Yeah, every other week. Yeah, that seems to be what it is. And, uh, you know, I'll try to keep my promise and not go on another Star Wars rant at that point.
2: End of line.
0: no lane was cut, no will was freed. The captain's mind was not of greed, and he belonged to the wellman's creed. He took, took th- that ship in tow. <laughs> Soon may the whaleman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. da 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 da. For 40 days or even more The lane went slack and tight once more Our boats were lost, there were only four But still that will did go <gasps> Soon may the willowman come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take a leave and go as far as a fair, the fight's still on The line's not cut and the whale's not gone The man makes his regular call To encourage the captain crew and though Soon may the man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go Soon may the Willowman come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go